This is Tales from the Lost Armada, and I'm your host, Ricardo Cabral. In my ebook, Against All Odds, I covered the period in Sacramento baseball history from 1960 to 2000. That began with the departure of the Solons for Honolulu, which personally broke my heart, and culminated when the Rivercats became the hometown team. This podcast features four individuals who were key to making the Rivercats the hometown team in the greater Sacramento region, Bob Hemond and Warren Smith, the two co-founders of River City Baseball, who saw their dream materialize in the Triangle area of West Sacramento, along with Kevin McClatchy and Branch Rickey III. McClatchy, along with his partner Fred Anderson, was co-owner of the Modesto A's, He helped spark the desire to bring minor league baseball to Sacramento region. In time, he passed the torch to Heeman and Smith, who set their sights on installing a AAA team on the 11-acre site that eventually became Rayleigh Field. And with the backing and foresight of Pacific Coast League President Branch Rickey III, the goal came into focus. However, Warren Smith and Bob Heeman admittedly wouldn't have accomplished this goal without the sports-savvy and deep pocketbook majority owner, Art Savage, who literally helped put it over for the Sacramento Rivercats. This podcast focuses on that moment when McClatchy passed the torch, just as Warren Smith pointed across the Sacramento River and said, we could build it over there. After five long years, that vision finally became a reality, all for the benefit of baseball fans in Northern California, who journeyed to Rayleigh Field in West Sacramento to watch the Rivercats perform in the AAA Pacific Coast League. Here's Bob Hemond. Major League Baseball was expanding. They're going to need two new AAA teams. So coincidentally enough, while I'm in Wichita, Kansas, a gentleman by the name of John Carberry was yeah. doing a, yeah, he was the GM of the Solons back in the 70s when Thomas was here. Right, right. He, so he... He was familiar with Sacramento, but he was at that point he had uh, gotten into the concert business and was doing traveling concerts in minor league parks. Uh-huh. So he happens to roll into Wichita where I'm working, and he goes, oh, "I know your dad. We used to work. To, you know, he was when I was with the Northwest League. I was the president. And your dad was always around." So we started talking, and I said, "Well, what are you doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm trying to bring baseball to Fresno." Right. I said, "That's interesting because I got a guy who was thinking about trying to bring it to Sacramento, and we were like, that would be." That would be perfect for both markets to come together and figure out how to bring triple A. Oh, there. Arizona. So, Arizona, thank yeah, you. Yeah, because Phoenix. Yeah, there you go. There it was. That's yeah. right, because they didn't end up buying Phoenix. Right. Fresno bought Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So it looked like at the time, like, this is perfect. So Kevin, I talked to Kevin McClatchy, who had contacted me about what, how he could go about getting into baseball. And I said, well, perfect scenario would be Sacramento and Fresno coming in with the expansion of Arizona and Florida. So he was. We got all excited about that. So and now, where did that, you know Kevin from? May I ask. I went to school in Santa Barbara. Oh, UCSB. Okay. And uh, you know, obviously, he was somewhat from Sacramento. I mean, the, the yeah. family and everything. So he was centered on this area. So, anyways, those guys hooked up a little bit, and I stayed in touch. And in 1992, I was offered a position to run a new West Coast office for Babe Ruth League out of Trenton, New Jersey. I had uh, gotten to know the, the, the president of the Babe Ruth League, and they were really they wanted to expand to the West. They knew I was from the West Coast. 
looked like a good fit. I understood how that baseball world worked. So I said, okay. And um, that got me back to the West Coast. And they put their office in Vallejo. So that put me pretty close to the scene here in Sacramento. And at the, that time, that's when Kevin and Fred were going after. Modesto? Oh. Well, at the time, they were, they were talking about the A's. Oh, yeah. They were talking about then potentially AAA. But what was passing, the time was passing them by was um, they, the facility. There was no facility to play in. Um, Fresno Carberry's group sort of had the lead in their market to build a mm-hmm. stadium, which actually took longer than Hawks yeah. have taken. Right. It's, it's just tough. But at the time, it looked like it was okay. It was a, it was going to get done. So they actually raised their monies and bought the Phoenix Giants, or Phoenix. Are they the Giants? Well, Firebirds. Yeah. Triple A Phoenix Firebirds. Right, so they right. they actually had a team now. That goes a long way. Which, yeah. As you'll know later in the story. But, yeah. So they had a team. They put them at Fresno State, and because of all the things that were going on in Sacramento, where you had Arco Arena and its obstacles, and the down and what. Uh, the late Cern- Mayor Cerna wanted to do was try to bring down yep. some, a team downtown. Again, so, Major League Baseball. And he, he was talking Major League too. So there was, you know, they weren't competing, but it was definitely a differences of opinion as to how uh, to get it done. And quite frankly, through, I was on their board, um, and their next move was, you know, now that Major League Baseball, the A's got sold to... Uh, yeah, Shot and Hoffman. Yeah, Hoffman right. So Shot comes in and you know gets on the a, gets the A's. So that kind of killed either party's dreams of Major League Baseball at the time. And so Kevin and Fred missing out on they missed out on Triple A timing aspect too because they they put one in the West, one in the East. So that meant what next? So the next phase was they went to buy the Single A Modesto A's team in hopes of relocating them to Arco. That was their goal. As a single A team, uh-huh. I'll be there. Yeah. Huh. So, through that process, it just can dragged on as to it was. Then it became not only differences of opinion on level classification yeah. of baseball, but then it was still location, Arco versus the rail yard. Then finally, Kevin, in I'm sure his frustration of what have you, his opportunity presented himself to buy Pittsburgh. Yeah. So he left and decided to make it a go and he worked really hard to get that put together and was successful and essentially what happened was Kevin was leaving town for good and Warren's wedding reception was at the Rio City Cafe and so we're all sitting out on the deck and Kevin and Warren were talking, and Warren's like, come on, Kevin, don't give up. We, we can still do this kind of thing. And he said, essentially, I'm out of here, but go talk to Bob because he knows, you know, I've been, I was involved with those guys and on their board. He knows baseball. Go talk to him. I'm out of here kind of thing. It was, and, and Warren kept saying, no, no, we can do it. And he was pointing across the river. He's like, we, got, we could do it. Let's do it like over here somewhere, down here. So he, he goes, he goes, all right. So he comes and says to me, he goes, I'm going to call you when I get back from my honeymoon. I said, all right. This is Warren Smith. In fact, Major League Baseball was considering taking back, from what I understand, can't remember the exact details. 
So he called his friend Rooney and, and started to, to go down that Pittsburgh route and uh, in the end was successful. And you mean Fred initiated a call that got Kevin? No, Kevin initiated the call. Oh, Kevin, he was the one that had Kevin was close to the Rooney family. I gotcha, okay. So, and again, Kevin's from the East Coast. Yeah. Really, he's not from Sacramento. <clears throat> so at this point, so during the, before Pittsburgh, I ended up having, um, I was engaged and we had our wedding. Kevin was in it and Bob was there. And and uh, I remember it was at the Rear City Cafe. It was the year they opened in 1995, right on the river. And uh, By the way, what was your wedding day? Uh, June 10th. Okay. June 10th, 95. Mm -hmm. And then I said, Kevin, you know, all this stuff, and this is dirt while he's still got a bit on the A's. Uh, said, look over there. Well, I mean, you're trying to make something happen somewhere else in Sacramento. I mean, there's a different county, there's a different city. It just happens to be separated by this large piece of water. And uh, he's, you know, over beers, he joked and laughed, and that's where he told me, he said, you know what? I've got an opportunity in Pittsburgh. I'm just going to, i got to take advantage of it. I'm going to make it happen. Kevin McClatchy. I wanted to talk about this moment was Warren Smith's wedding reception and you guys were out on the Rio City Cafe deck, I guess, overlooking the river. And there was a conversation about what you had been going through and trying to bring baseball to Sacramento. And those guys said that you kind of just threw up your arms and said, guys, I'm done with trying to do this in Sacramento and, you know, I'm out of here. I'm going to probably go and try to do the thing in Pittsburgh. And Warren apparently pointed across the river and said, listen, don't give up. We could, we could still do this thing. Do you remember this conversation? about bringing baseball to Sacramento. I, I think the Pirates thing had started to take shape a little bit. Um, but, you know, we, we did, when you, when you go through trying to buy a, a major league team, it does take a fair amount out of you, especially when you don't get it, um, because you put a lot of time and effort into it. So, uh, you know, there probably was, you know, some point where, you know, there, there was frustration of not, you know, getting things done there. But, um, you know, I, I think my attention started to focus elsewhere. Right. And, and they, that's how they remembered it, too. But it, they, they said that, uh, that you told Warren, look, get together with Bob. Bob knows baseball. Why don't you guys get together? And in effect, you passed the torch, as I see it, to sort of plant, you know, they took it from there, in effect. I understand. I, just, yeah, I see Bob, the distinction. Bob was definitely a part of it. And, you know, it was probably a bunch of things that took place, Bob being one of them, you know, a phone call to Fred, and, you know, it, a lot of things, you know, sort of made, made it possible. Um, so, anyway, I just, I just wanted to make sure I didn't leave you with the impression that... No, no. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, it, another thing I found interesting is kind of a side note here. And all the news reports... 
you were commonly referred to as Kevin McClatchy and newspaper heir, which is true. That's what you are. But there, but did it bug you in some sense that it implied that what you were going to do is use corporation assets to make this purchase what's really a personal project? Yeah. I, well, yeah, and that was never uh, never a part of it. Um, you know, but, but you know, you can't, <laughs> it's strange as it is. <laughs> Even if your name's McClatchy. <laughs> you know, so you have to sort of, you know, it's, it, it was something that we used, was used. But there was also, for a long time, there was uh, a, a lot written in the Pittsburgh papers how I, my real goal was to move the, the Pirates to Sacramento. Right. That was never the case. So you, yet you read things and you know they're not necessarily true, but there's not much you can do about it. Warren Smith. So right after the wedding, I got together with Bob and I, at the uh, Virgin Sturgeon, and I said, over a beer, he said, Bob, you know, Kevin's gone, but you've got a great baseball background that I've only I only know a little bit about. But with your relationships, it seems to me that we keep everyone keeps talking about major league here, but the little I know about baseball is you got to prove yourself. Uh, so shouldn't we be proving ourselves with the minor league team? And if so, what's the best minor league level we should get? And and to me, it's AAA. I mean, if we can prove ourselves at AAA, we can become a major league market. Bob Heeman. Um, at the time, my dad was now with the Diamondbacks, and the guys that were building Bank One, Ellerby Beckett got the job in okay. Arizona. So we, uh, we asked as a favor to the two lead architects if they would come up. You know, my dad was like, can you guys help me out? Go up and take a look at their, their, their site. Because we wanted to make sure we couldn't, yeah. we could tell from the master plan. I mean, it was amazing. There was no roads going through it. It was in a perfect V shape. It yeah. was facing due northeast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had all the things. We were like, wow, this yeah. is coming together. Um, but we needed to make sure. We didn't know if you could plot something here, yeah. how it would all work. And yeah. so these guys came out and we gave them all the spots that were being discussed. And they've said flat out, this is the best site they've seen for baseball like this. It was perfect. And it fit right inside this West Sachs development plan, triangle redevelopment plan. So that was another thing we knew. Okay. So it's not like we have to go. And yeah change the master plan and do all that. You guys basically like a surfer just got right in front of that wave. You got it, I guess in some sense. Yeah. Mr. Smith. We had an idea on piece of property because we knew there was a for sale sign. Okay, and then mm -hmm. so I had struck up a relationship with the owner of the property. I reached out to her, Beverly Walton was her name. <clears throat> she was the uh, wife of the Walton who died, who owned the the, uh, the state box company. And she owned all almost all that acreage, and all the rest of the acreage that she didn't own was they had city streets planned to go through the building. So there was imminent domain opportunities. So we had an understanding that there was a big enough piece of property to put something on. So what we did is we uh, we had a conversation with Bob's dad. He introduced us to LRB Beckett, the guys that were the architects. We got them to agree to come to Sacramento to do a site analysis for us. Mm -hmm. They did it for free. You know, we're wow. just two bachelors coming at the time. They just flew up to Sac and we drove them around to all the possible sites that everyone was talking about. 
Arco Arena, downtown rail yards, um, you know, the, uh, what is, I think Lot X or wherever the sewer system is across the river. Mm -hmm. And then the Triangle took them out to uh, Mather because Mather was just going to go through a transition at the time. And, and in the end, uh, took them over to West Sac and three different options in West Sac. One is Reed Avenue, where Walmart is now, and because uh, the Ramos has owned that property. And then a big 50-acre piece, which is on the south side of the Triangle, which now Mark Friedman owns. And then ultimately the property that Rayleigh, fits, Rayleigh Field sits on. And I learned something during that meeting. They came in and they, they went through did all, went through every site and then we had some dinner afterwards and they said, well, a couple things that you need to know about baseball. The player that gets the least amount of plays, the two players off the bat are the first baseman on the infield and the right fielder in the outfield. So in the player development contract, the city, the, the baseball wants to see stadiums face in the northeast, easterly direction. And that's for player safety issues. It's the first choice, second first is southeast. And so they said because, because of that, you're going to want to locate stadiums in the southeast or southwest, southwest portion of, the, the, of, the, of a city so that your guests have something to look at. And I didn't know this at the time, but they, they baseball is a very inter interactive social sport. Think about it. You, you're, you're watching a basketball game, your head's moving back and forth for a bunch of minutes, and then you get up at halftime and you interact with the people that you went to the game on. Or you say, hey, nice play, and that's the end of the conversation. But in baseball, you have a conversation that's going on the entire time. So um, they said because of that, you're going to want to be over here somewhere, and you're going to want to be, um, and you're going to want to be looking at one of these two properties. And our first choice is this one where Rayleigh Field now is, because it's right across this, this, the river where all the infrastructure is, where well, the yeah. re restaurants are, and parking. And so they made that recommendation. In other words, mm -hmm. okay. By that time, we had uh, struck up a conversation with the, the owner and uh, got her to agree to an option. I'm curious, were you the lead on that or did yeah. you? Okay, I had On to, the option, on the land. On approaching her to, yes. to take an option on the land. Yeah, I mean, I had talked to her a hundred times and, you know, just, I said, hey, you know, I, w I was totally honest. I said, I, that's such a long shot, but you've had this property for sale for almost eight years now. Oh, is that right? It's not, it's not moving, it's the worst economy, but let me take a run with it. And I, she, I built some trust with her. Mm -hmm. She's since passed, and she, but there's no way that the, this could have happened without her. Yeah. She believed, and she ended up taking a much lower price than what she could have gotten, you know, 2000, 2001. Um, and Bob said that there were other people coming at her when you guys yeah. had tied it up, and that she just said, nope, I've got a deal, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And could have, you know, taken, crossed you off and said, I'll take double or whatever, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just curious, um, did, did you go in there and talk terms with her? I mean, did she dictate the terms? No, when I went to her and said, I said, what would you be willing to sell the property for? So you, she had it on the market for eight million. It was roughly 11 acres. And uh, I remember just, I can't remember the math now, and I just said, I tell you what, um, 
if you were to sell it today, what, what do you honestly think that you would sell it for and what would you be comfortable selling it for? And she told us, she said, four million. And I said, that seems reasonable. Um, would you be would you be open to and I had a good friend who became the River Cats inside council who was a real estate attorney so he walked me through you know how to put the, an option together and all that type of stuff and uh, I said well I tell you what I can do she was she was getting about eleven thousand or twelve thousand dollars a month in rent hmm. from her all of her properties these were industrial users there yeah. I mean some of them most of them weren't even paying rent. I said, I'll give you $5,000 a month for the right to purchase your property for $4 million. With the understanding that I don't know how long this is going to take, or even if it's not possible or, or what, but I mean, that's that was a lot of money for me at the time and Bob, and we just, but we felt we could make it work. And you just said she was getting 11000 a month in, in lease and rentals, that kind of thing. Why would she step down? Well, no, she still kept that revenue. She's she still gets Oh, okay. She still gets to rent the properties. Oh, okay. She just gets an additional oh. five for that five All right. And she said, Let me think about it and so I went back a couple times and finally she said, You know what, I really like you guys and I wanna see you be successful and and um you know, my husband was a huge baseball fan and a player. She showed us pictures of the team, the state box team. Which was a uh, semi-pro team that her husband played on. By the way, what was her husband's first name? Do you know? I can't remember. Okay. I want to say John. Okay. So they had a semi-pro team that they sponsored, yeah, and he exactly. played on it as well. Exactly. Oh, interesting. And well, we didn't know that. I mean, but she uh, didn't tell us that until yeah. after she agreed. Ah, uh, yeah. Mr. Hemond. So, was your dad a resource at this time, Bob? Was he helpful in, in, in ways other than the architectural firm, or um, you know, well, uh, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't. He's not a developer by cheap baseball all the way. I mean, one. I'll tell you one of the things that um, will allow this thing to be successful was my dad's baseball background and relationships because we did ask as a favor. To, we asked, you know, my dad asked Branch and. Grand Tricky to come up and meet with us, even though we were nothing, you know, other than just a, an idea. So huh. that was real important to this process. And you know, my dad and Grand Tricky, all of us, they go back so long that he was willing to spend some time with us. And one of the things that uh, he uh, he allowed us to do was to spend some time. And what we asked him for, we said, Branch. Just give us, this is this is when we're kind of, we knew was, there was enough other things going on. We said, Branch, we, as a favor, could you please just visit with us? We want to show you what we're about, what our location is, and we want to show you all the other things you're going to hear about. Yeah. Because we're, it's everybody's going to try to either throw stones and put negatives to each other competitor. It and, became and just, a competitive. And thing. just for the record, you're talking Branch Ricky, uh, Commissioner of uh, the AAA right. Pacific Coast League. Yeah. Branch Ricky the third. I'm also wondering, did did you look at Bob as, well, what has he done in baseball? I mean, why would we? I mean, I know he's the son of Roland, even I know he's been exposed. To all the more I need to know. Okay. 
<laughs> He's related to Roland. <laughs> He's American baseball royalty. Mm -hmm. That was all that it took. Bob Hemond. What happened was he came up, we drove him around to all the other sites and explained to him when you hear it, when they talk to you about because they're going to call. We know you're going to do People are going to try to call and lobby and what have you. Their, their idea is better. Those guys don't have any money. They're not going to make it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we showed them all the other locations. Here's the pros. Here's the cons. Here's the pros. Here's the cons. Drove them around. And I'll never forget, he, he started doing this, looking at his watch. Have you been to your facility nope, yet? not yet. We we're <laughs> going to wait for the best for last. <laughs> So he started doing this, and we said, Branch, we have one more to show you. He says, listen, guys, you know, it's, I got to get going. And I said, well, i tell you what, we want to show you one more site. He goes, I, you know what? He goes, I hope that's in the southwest corner of the downtown. See, Branch knows, right? I said, hold that thought, Branch. We went over the Tower Bridge, went to our site, looked at us, didn't say, you're okay, we give you a full approval, nothing like yeah. that. But he understood. Yeah. He understood our background. He understood what it meant to have a downtown facility. He understood the location. He got it, right? Mr. Ricky. Just suggest to you guys one thing. Could you explore some site on the southwest side of town? <laughs> And they said, Branch, you just happened to jump the gun a little bit. We have another place we'd like to show you. I'd like to take you, and it was kind of our, it wasn't what we thought you would be interested in. But now that you're saying what you're saying, we'll go there right away. So they drove me across into West South. And as startling as this part of the story is, it's much, 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 much less than the other half of the story, really, in my mind. So we went in over into West Sac into a what looked to be a fairly bleak looking area. Industrial. And uh, we stood in the middle of a lot that had more significant weeds and rusted metal and scrap pieces laying around and we looked over towards downtown and they were looking at me and I said guys if you're really saying that this is a plausible acquisition that this land could be acquired I'm going to tell you However, however a project would go here, I had any influence in the whole thing. This is spot number one for where you should be concentrating your efforts. Mr. McClatchy. Yeah, there's no question. I, I, I can say this unequivocally that if it wasn't for the perseverance of, of Bob and Warren, you know, I, I don't think baseball would be in Sacramento. And art was obviously a key ingredient to make that go forward. But, you know, I think all three of them were very important to baseball, you know, being in Sacramento. If 
you'd like to purchase the ebook Against All Odds, you'll find a link to my author's Amazon page in the episode description. Thanks for listening to another episode from Tales from the Lost Armada podcast.